Beasley fires up the three at the horn, and he kisses it in. Count that bad boy. You know you are living right when you hit shots like that. Malik Beasley, four three-pointers in the first half, and none more scintillating than that one. Count it, baby. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 712 here Thursday morning on WTMJ. Glad to have you along with us. Now, it's not often you and I are surprised by something that happened years ago that was in the news, but there's something new about it that yeah. apparently a lot of people didn't know. A new detail. Remember Jay Balchunas? He was the state DCI special agent. He was shot and then died a few days later in 2004. In November of 2004, he died. And uh, that it was in Milwaukee, and it was a devastating story when it happened nearly 20 years ago. And Waukesha Police Chief Dan Thompson, who was in studio yesterday with Steve Scafidi and uh, Ann Schwartz, Annie Schwartz, was talking about um, how tough it is to to cope and to deal with PTSD when you're a police officer and he's pushing more and more mental health ideas for law enforcement. Yeah, and the reason he was in, they were talking about two-year anniversary of the Waukesha Which Christmas parade yeah, tragedy. Correct. And he was talking about the PTSD that so many of his own felt. Yeah. So he was on the phone and he brings up this story just casually as an example of dealing with mental health. I'll tell you a, a quick story is uh, with myself is... This is in the early 2000s, working special operation in Haida. I never took off work. I decided to take off work this one day, and my supervisor tells me, you need to find a replacement. Well, that replacement happened to be Jay Balchunas. He told me, uh, I got your back. Go ahead and take off. That evening he goes, uh, gets shot. Five days later, he passes away from uh, that shooting. Well, if I would have worked, he would still be here, right? And... I knew I wasn't right, so I went uh, to a, a peer support person at the time, and that person told me, suck it up, basically, you're fine. Well, I go to, um, and I meet his mother at the visiting, Jay's funeral, and she basically told me he was honored to take that shift from me, you don't take it away from him. And that was the first beginnings of me realizing, like, hey, we are human beings, and there's more to this profession than sucking it up. So I had never heard that story, and neither had Steve or Annie or you, that he took a shift, that Balchunas was filling in for someone else the night he was shot. That's a story that's now going to you know, filter through the ranks of law enforcement yeah. all over southeast Wisconsin because apparently it was not widely told, right? With, the, with someone like Annie Schwartz, who's plugged into everything, mm-hmm, right, everything right. and everyone in law enforcement, when she says she hadn't heard that story, Probably wasn't told often. And Thompson went on to say, you know, the reason he brought it up is because of you know, he's now a big proponent of making sure that there's peer-to-peer help, that uh, commanders and supervisors are getting help. He talks about that you need to learn resiliency. Resiliency is saying, you know what, I just got hit with something very traumatic, but I can not only actually just survive it, but I can actually use this to be a stronger person and thrive from it. That doesn't mean you don't forget it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't still hurt. What it does mean is you're taking that and you're turning it into something positive and you're using that energy to help uh, others as well. So kudos to Waukesha Police Chief Dan Thompson, pretty remarkable man, and sharing a story that I don't think many people had heard before. Brandon Stein's got sports coming up next. 
time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. No Giannis, no problem for the Bucks in Toronto as Damian Lillard dropped 37 and Malik Beasley sank eight three-pointers as he scores 30 points and Milwaukee goes on for the 128-112 win. Lillard, long three straight on and he buries it from about eight steps behind the arc. Is it safe to say Dame is back? Timeout. Yes, he is. Dave Kane on the call there on WTMJ as the Bucks with the win, improving to seven and four on their season. Mentioned earlier, no Giannis in this one for Milwaukee. He sat with a calf injury. Logo Lillard stepping up in a big way. He spoke post game on the mentality of playing without the Greek freak. I mean, I knew I had, I was going to have more responsibility, um, decision making, playmaking, being aggressive, and um, you know that was my mentality. Once I uh, this morning, I knew he wasn't going to be playing, so I started my preparation for what kind of night it was going to be, and. Uh, you know, I've been in this position a lot in my career where I had to be out front and lead the charge. Uh, it's been an adjustment being here, but tonight uh, it, it was just more natural. You know, I knew what I would have to do. Um, it was something I was comfortable doing, um, and I asserted myself from the beginning. The Bucks have an off day today and will resume the play-in tournament tomorrow in Charlotte. The Milwaukee Brewers have officially announced the hiring of Pat Murphy to become the 20th manager in franchise history. The moment Murphy became the crew's new manager, as delivered by General Manager Matt Arnold's son. Hi, I'm Tyler. We wanted to know if you want to be the manager of the Brewers. Guys, bro, something I dream about, man. I didn't think Council was ever leaving, so I never thought I'd have that shot. I would love to do that. Tell your dad to go out in the garage and get the wheelbarrow. Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great... He took it up. Kid, man. Do you think he went and got the wheelbarrow? <laughs> hey, put your old man on the phone for a second. I didn't say I took the job yet. Back it up. Also official, <laughs> former Brewers fantastic. All-Star Ricky Weeks will be Murphy's right-hand man. He's got the title of associate manager. So hey, man, I, can I just – I have not been terribly excited over the Pat Murphy announcement, like just as a fan, and maybe I'm still in the residuals of council. Sure. But, you know, like don't know much you. about Pat. Seems like a great guy, whatever. But, you know, had the Brewers gone out and gotten the other guy everybody was looking Don for. Don Mattingly or yeah, something. Right, you know, something like that. But I'm fully – that right there, I am on board. There you go. Hey, tell your old man to go in the garage. I think he'll win the Brewer fan base barrel. over. He'll be fun to chat with every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, next bet. He'll, he'll definitely be fun. Uh, to the NFL, where the Packers hit the practice field for the first time this week in their preparation for the Chargers on Sunday. Jordan Love and the offense looking for ways to carry over the good from last week in Pittsburgh. I think last week, just starting the game fast and being able to put up points early was a huge step, something we've been you know harping on and focusing on, which I think that'll definitely carry over to be able to continue that. And then, yeah, I think just continue to finish those games um, when we get those close games, um, being able to go find a way to win them is what we got to keep building on. The Packers did get some good news, bad news at practice on Wednesday. No Jair Alexander, no Rudy Ford. However, they did get linebacker Quay Walker back in the mix. Local high school band headed out this weekend for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. How you can send them off. That story is next. At 723 this Thursday morning, one week out from Thanksgiving. Everybody welcome Saturday at Greendale High School. The marching band holding a send-off performance. It's a 1 p.m. show at the football stadium there. Free for anyone to come. Band is heading out this weekend. Set to march in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on... Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Hence right. the name. The culmination of work that began months ago. Afternoon rehearsal, and it's the typical start. A lot of questions that come in every day. Broken instruments. Are we outside? What bus am I on? 
Band directors Liz Parsons and Tom Reifenberg. Remember Ms. Parsons talked to you guys about being shorter? Coming off Greendale's 18th straight state championship and readying a return to Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade for the first time since 2016. There's normally 100, 150 groups that apply on any given year. And you just have to be chosen based on your creativity and your performance style. And they look for a variety of groups from a variety of locations across the country. We will not do the run on today, though. Well, maybe we will once. The parade is two and a half miles. And we are doing Hooked on a Feeling, a big, big favorite from everyone, trying to get the crowd to sing along and, and really enjoy it. The star performance we are doing, I Just Can't Wait to Be King from The Lion King. And with the same performance style in mind of trying to appeal to a really wide range of audience members in that in the, the televised part 45 million people around the world that are watching this event it's a little nerve-wracking like to be on such like a big stage and like really goes to show like how good our program is and how much we all work to kind of preserve that standard of greatness so that's Samantha Saranek, senior in color guard. Fellow senior Ari Scheuer plays the marimba. Feels like the band is ready for this big stage. I'm very excited. It's the first time I've ever gone to New York, so being able to do that with like the biggest parade on earth and participate in that, I think that'll be a lot of fun. It's why they put in the work. The band first started playing this music in spring. Right now it just sounds like, ah, I think this is enough sharp. For a lot of these kids, it might be their only time, their first time, their only time ever going to this huge city that they've seen on TV and in the movies. So it's our job to make sure they're prepared before leaving here so that in New York City on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're not even thinking about the parade stuff and the performance part. They're just enjoying being there. Because it's a whirlwind when they hit NYC, Broadway show, Rockettes, 9-11 Museum, Statue of Liberty, and then starting Thanksgiving Day in the middle of the night. They run all the bands through the actual performance star at anywhere from 2 to 4 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning. So the kids are up at 1 a.m. going down to the to 34th Street, Herald Square to practice. that one final time before the biggest performance of their lives. In Greendale, Vince Vetrano, WTMJ News. The audience will really dig it. The audience will very much dig it. NBC, of course, has the parade, so locally here on TMJ4, Thanksgiving morning, 8.30 our time is when the broadcast begins a week from today. So the band performs Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock at the high school. It's free and open to the public. I still don't have a number. Like, everyone's, well, when are they going to win? Oh. You know what time about, you know, because folks are kind of in and out on the parade. Is there a way to post that before it happens? I think we'll get that before the parade. Cool. So I will be heading out to New York. My daughter is ah. one of the dancers in the parade. You go to Washington, D.C. to cover a story. Now you're mm-hmm. covering the Greendale Marching Band So we'll be us. out there. Whole family's going to be out there. So I, w- so I will. So you're covering report- it for us? Sure, I will. <laughs> I will report back to you.
Band's going to be busy the first couple of days. We just got word yesterday there was a big meeting that uh, NBC is interested in following them around a little bit ahead of the cool. performance. So might see them on national TV even before Thanksgiving Day. Once again, everybody welcome. One o'clock at Greendale High School, free and open to the public on Saturday for the send-off. Giannis sits, but the Bucks win. Brandon Snyder has sports at 745. In some breaking news from CBS regarding a possible deal between Israel and Hamas. This is something that had been discussed, a possible prisoner swap that could spell freedom for some of the hostages currently being held in Gaza. CBS correspondent Ed O'Keefe. Any deal here is fluid. It won't be final until the hostages are actually released. But in this latest proposal, Israel would agree to a three to five day ceasefire. During that time, aid would be allowed into Gaza and a group of the youngest hostages and women would be released. Two officials with knowledge tell CBS News. Children are being prioritized as part of the first wave of a potential hostage release aimed at ultimately bringing home the roughly 240 people believed to be taken during the October 7th Hamas attack. Yeah, they would prioritize who would be able to be released first. Now, one of the officials also said there's an unspecified number of Palestinian women and children who are currently being held in Israel. So that's why they're calling this a prisoner swap. Trying to figure out the details on that exactly. U.S. revealing this week that uh, a three-year-old U.S. citizen, a little girl, is among those. So they're trying to ramp up the pressure by saying, hey, we got a little girl, uh, an American there too. So we'll see. It sounds like a deal may have been uh, agreed upon. We'll find out here in the coming hours. And when I was in Washington Tuesday for the March for Israel to cover that, the overriding voice and message from Jews who were gathered there was there's zero talk of a ceasefire until these 239 people are are brought home. It doesn't sound like all 240 would be able to get out, but at least they'd start the process. 739 on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talk. That's heard Saturdays at 10, right here on WTMJ. Seven forty-three, Wisconsin's morning news. I got Johnny Starbucks over here. It's Red Cup Day. Are you real excited? Now that I know what it is, yeah. I'm shocked. How did you not know? Yeah, it was Red Cup Day. You go to Starbucks like three times a day, don't you? Yeah. Don't they have signs up? <laughs> yeah. So I order mine through the app. So okay, when, right. when I'm here, when I get done, I always ask Pancake if he wants something because I know he's got a little one at home. Uh, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to Starbucks. I always order it through the app. So I never I never like yeah. actually go to the store and I'm never looking at the menu or signs. You know, I'm going there, my head's in my phone, I'm grabbing the cup and I'm walking out. So you got to get the right thing, though. I don't think you get a fancy coffee, though. Do you, you just get straight There's up? There's a lot to it. it yeah. Oh, okay. Partially why I order on the app because it's a lot and oh. I don't know what sizes mean. Well, what whatever. Mean. If you can get it, some of the things come in this plastic red cup that's then reusable cool. and then it saves you a dime when you bring it back during the holiday season or whatever and they fill it up in there. I'll but check it out. It's a big Starbucks deal. It's going to be an issue in right. some places, not around here though, probably. But well, right. A lot so the, the union, union that people. represents many Starbucks workers across the country, and not all Starbucks are unionized. Here in Milwaukee, it's uh, here in Wisconsin, it's only a handful, and the only one in the Milwaukee area that I'm aware is unionized is the one in Oak Creek. Okay, there are probably four of them in Oak Creek. As far as I know, there's one specific <laughs> location uh, there, so probably doesn't touch us significantly here in Southeast Wisconsin. But yet, the union and its workers are planning walkouts deliberately on this busiest day for them, this right. huge day. Because they're upset over various workplace conditions. Among them, this puzzles me to no end. Among them, low staffing. And so you have workers who say, we're not staffed properly. And people are you know, asked to work. And I told you, my kid worked at Starbucks here locally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now has tried to get a job at the Starbucks, one of them in New York, where she's going to college. And they're looking for people. They're looking for people. They're looking for people. 
she applies for the job or didn't even officially apply. Just said, are you looking for people? And they're like, well, what hours can you work? And she said, well, I can do part-time and here the, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it somehow doesn't fit with what exactly they're looking for. And I think this is one of the things that are frustrating some of these baristas who are saying, we would take this person. She right? said she'll work every Sunday. Great. But somewhere in this structure of how they want to hire people and schedule them out is like, well, you need to commit to a certain number of hours or certain days of availability and not others. And it's like, get people in the door. Right. They're get starved you for can. workers. So I think they have a legitimate complaint, regardless of your position on whether or not they be, ought to be unionized. Nonetheless, Red Cup Day for Starbucks and the things that you're hearing about the walkout for unionized workers largely would not affect southeast Wisconsin. 745 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Damian Lillard dropped 37 points and a season-high 13 assists. Malik Beasley scored a season-high 30 points. And the Milwaukee Bucks overcome the absence of Giannis to beat the Toronto Raptors by a final score of 128-112. to It's the inbound pass to Lillard. Got to work quickly now with two seconds left. Feeds it ahead. Beasley fires up the three at the horn and he kisses it in. Count that bad boy. You know you are living right when you hit shots like that. Malik Beasley, four three-pointers in the first half and none more scintillating than that one. Count it, baby. <laughs> hey, that cat's fast, too. I didn't know much about Beasley. Yeah, he's a good one. He led a little the bit league last night. in three-point percentage last year off the bench for the Quick Lakers. Quick and fast. Yeah. Good addition there from John Horst. Dave Kane on the call as Beasley hits the buzzer beater to end the first half. He would finish the night with eight three-pointers. The Bucks playing without... Their two-time MVP, they leaned on Damian Lillard all night as Dame became the first player in Bucks history to score 35 points and assist on 35 points in the same game. They're just making the right read. And and I know that for some it comes with years of ex- experience, but he's one of the best at it. He reads the bigs. He reads the help. I mean, he was terrific. You know, he, he made the right play or the best play, I should say. And, and then to our credit, you know, we shot the ball extremely well tonight. Next up for Milwaukee is a matchup in Charlotte for the team's second in-season tournament game of the year. The Milwaukee Brewers have officially named their next manager as they announced the promotion of bench coach Pat Murphy to become the team's 20th skipper in franchise history. Count that bad boy! Can count this one. The news delivered to Murphy by none other than the son of Brewers general manager, Matt Arnold. Hi, I'm Tyler. We wanted to know if you want to be the manager of the Brewers. Nice, bro. Something I dream about, man. I didn't think council was ever leaving, so I never thought I'd have that shot. I would love to do that. Tell your dad to go out the garage and get the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> Back Play it, it again. Play it think, all day. I think That's Brewers so fans will grow to really like Pat Murphy. Maybe he, he has more success in Milwaukee than in his buddy. Sounds like an awesome guy. And yeah. uh, Listen... Outside of being a Brewers fan, he's also a guest once a week on this program. So I'm looking at it through that lens, and I think he's going to be a lot of fun. Mark Tauscher is up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Idea man. The thing that computers will never overtake is the, well, at least I hope not, uh, the human emotion part. <laughs> you listen to the show? Innovative. The only thing is you can take a bat to a computer and you can't really do that. To, so. And Packers Hall of Famer. All of a sudden you're not happy about getting pulled in a game. You could maybe, well, I didn't hear him. AI couldn't verify it. Smash. I'm going up to play. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by your Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News, also brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and by Kohler Services. Tausch, you probably never get to see what happens at halftime, I and mean, at least you didn't back in your playing days. 
I never leave my seat during halftime. I don't care what kind of ball game I'm at because I love the halftime entertainment. There's this guy at a Baylor basketball game last night. They brought him out to putt a golf ball across the length of the floor, and the guy hit it. Hit the putt, $5,000 winner. So just wait. It was a full, so from baseline to baseline, and that's where... And he only got five grand? I feel like that should be more. Five K, brother? That's a twenty-five K at least, right? So do do you like the like average Jane or Joe that comes out in the stands and do does something? Or do you like I think the Bucks do a great job of in show entertainment. They got those trampoline folks jumping around and they got you know the red uh, the panda coming out doing the bicycle deal and everything else. <laughs> I that I always think that's more fun than, you know, going around and seeing, you know, if some 46-year-old can hit a couple elbow jumpers. So it's fun. My favorite one, and this was at Camp Randall, this is probably, oh, five or six years ago. They had Steve Stricker uh, in the middle of the game, not at halftime, like in between quarter breaks. They had him chipping from, like, the top of uh, – uh, one of the suites, and they put like a makeshift green at like the 40-yard line. And Steve's wedge game is on point, but it just shows you when you have 80,000 people how much more difficult that was because he missed like you and I would miss greens. <laughs> uh, and I bet when he's in, in a normal playing round, it was only probably a 120-yard shot. Those are the ones I, I always enjoy a good – but. I'm not like you. I am not sitting around waiting at halftime. I need to be drawn back in in order to watch a halftime show rather than I'm not going to sit there and wait. Uh, I guess that's just me. My personal favorite halftime show, other than Red Panda, would be (laughs) the mascots playing football against the yes. kids. Yes, <laughs> Just trucking them. <laughs> These grown mascots. Or mascot v. mascot yeah. matchup, whatever. Yes. How are we feeling? Uh, yeah. So I've always wondered about that because, you know, mascots are cute and everything else, but there are some vicious hits that these <laughs> yeah. mascots do. How are you, Bill Stead, how are you feeling if your kid is out there running and Bloopy comes and sideswipes your kid and blows his knee out? I don't think you're probably thinking it's as funny as you do when it's, you know, Lenny, Lenny's kid, and Lenny's kid gets blown out the, th- you know, blown off the sidelines. I, I, I think that that's something we need to pay a little bit more attention to because those mascots, they are, they don't get to talk, so they get to take all their anger and angst out on these young kids playing football. I'm not, a, I don't know if I'm as big a fan hmm. as you guys. Yeah, are I right get now. it. Bloopy you know, did that. I'd be upset about. You it. know who it is, right? You accurately suggest it's Bloopy. It's never like you know Bango, who's professional no. mascot or whatever. So it's not even Bucky. So it's the, the grocery suit. store mascot or whatever <laughs> who's dressed up as a no, can no, no. Of corn blowing I up don't the know kid. if you've recognized this too, but it feels like all of the mascots that are a little heavier set. Philly fanatic. You know, they got the wide bottom. Yeah. I feel like maybe they get made fun of more, and then when they get an opportunity (laughs) to let it rip, they do. Uh, Philly fanatic, Bloopy. I'm trying to think of some of the other heavier set mascots. Gritty. I think they get all that pent-up irritation. They can't take it out when they're, like, at a parade, but when they get in these athletic settings, they let it rip. I don't know, man. I still like watching some average Joe botch a 34-yard field goal attempt. <laughs> I'll watch that all day.
Yeah, so would you rather watch that or a bunch of, like, mini mites skating in between uh, periods that or that. playing flag football or basketball? Or would you rather see Brandon or I try to shoot jumpers to get a Chipotle burrito? <laughs> Can I do both? I mean, <laughs> I choose both. It's your world, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vinny, you can do whatever the hell you want, man.